Hi, my name is Soli. And my name is Shafali. And welcome to the Why Not Health podcast. Why Not Health is an organization of students working to increase awareness surrounding underrepresented health issues in Southeast Asia. We'll be having open and honest conversations about everything, including consent culture to body shaming and eating disorders. We're super excited to shed light on the differences between health in Southeast Asia and the United States, and we hope you'll join us. How often do you guys like talk about like your sexual experiences with your friends? Because I feel like this is something I've been trying to normalize, but I definitely feel like resistance from some of my friends or like some of them are more uncomfortable. Obviously, I don't want to push them, but I feel like I don't know if it's just like a thing with girls, but I feel like it's not as common as it is with guys to like talk about these experiences in detail, especially. I would disagree because in my circle, my girlfriends talk about sex so much all the time. And when I talk about it, like with my guy friends, they basically say like the most we talk about sex is, oh, I had sex with her, da, da, da. that's it. Like, I don't think men focus that much in detail when talking to each other about sex. Like, it's not like, oh, I did this and then she was wearing that and then we ended up talking. Like, they really don't reflect that much on the individual experience. And I think that has to do a lot with the culture between men's friendship. So that's a different thing. But I think in women's friendship, we typically encourage closeness and vulnerability. So when I found my fellow female peers who share the same passion for sex as I do, we're very open and we constantly let each other know like, hey, I just met so-and-so and this happened. And then you kind of tell them like it's a new juicy piece of gossip or whatever. And when you're both sharing, like at least the way I experienced, the, the moment I share something, my friend immediately thinks of something else to share. And we're kind of like bouncing back and forth between our experiences and ideas because we both feel comfortable talking about it. And we both acknowledge that each other feel comfortable. So the conversation is very long, almost never ending. <laughs> I think that's amazing, Vivi. I think that's so fortunate that you have a, a group of girls who can you know, share this conversation with you because I don't think many of us are as fortunate, to be honest. Like, I know that my girlfriends, um, we don't talk about sex a lot because we are at very different level of experience. We're at different stage of our lives and many of them, like kind of listen in for the information part. Some of them don't have anything to share. Some of them kind of like share what they learn from social media, what they read online, but some of them kind of like don't want to talk about it. So I think it's so fortunate that you kind of found that circle of girls you can share this experience with. I definitely think that's healthy, very healthy. I definitely encourage girls out there to find you know, other girlfriends you can share this experience with. Um, personally, I share my experience with my guy friends. Um, and my guy friends, when I say guy friends, they are very special guy friends, to be honest. My guy friend, I'm very fortunate that I have my best friend who is uh, gender fluid. And because of that, he understands or he like wants to know um, sex from many perspectives. And that really welcomes me and that makes me feel safe to share my experience with him. Just adding on to like um, what you guys have said, just building up of that. I, um, well, first of all, like I have like great people that I talk to, but as I, I want to build up on a different point though. I'm just, and I'm, I, I am generalizing, right? 
with a lot of guys in the meetup. They're like, oh, you know, like, I, you know, that girl that like I was talking to yesterday, I got to like fourth base and that was awesome, blah, blah, that's it. So it's more like a masculine show off. But it's nothing, you don't get, you don't, you don't get anything out of it. You don't get a reflection out of it. And I think that's important. And I have, I have friends who are guys. And when we talk about like all of these sensitive issues, a bunch of guys sitting together talking about sex and we talk about how we communicated it, how we, how we, we got to where we got through communication, what we, what went well in that process, what didn't go well in that communication process, how could we have done that better? And like we show each other tips of like how you should, how you can make yourself more comfortable, how you can make her more comfortable and how to communicate when you don't want sex. Because trust me, guys don't want sex some, sometimes, right? So I, so it's, it's also important to kind of talk about it, talk about how you communicate, how your friends communicate that they don't want it. And I think guys really need to sit down and talk in that, like, in that way and not just what you have quote, 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 accomplished, I would say. Yeah, I think what you said about you sharing your discussions with your guy friends is amazing. That is the ideal situation that I wish all men would be communicating with because it shows that you're eager to learn. Like that's the thing that you're not there because you, you think you know best and you know how to do it and you're the best at having sex that you just all you have to say is, oh, I did this. But when you open a conversation and you reflect on it, you're showing that you're willing to get information from other people and that you're willing to share your information. And I think that's very important to improve our knowledge. I completely agree. I I know for sure some of my guy friends sit around and talk about their body count. And that is so, I don't know, personally, that is so disgusting to me. Like kind of you show off how many people that you have had this experience with. To me, that's just, I don't know, that's not something that's, that is, that's cool at all. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if like, at this point, I'm just generalizing, like, do, do men do that? Like, do like, do people do that? Yeah, I don't know, question. Yeah, I feel like with, with my guy friends, I feel like there's always, me having to like correct the way that they speak about women especially like their experiences I'm like oh like are you really gonna say it like that and like when they talk about people they've hooked up with I'm like oh tell me more and it's it's always I feel like it's not as much about the experience as just listing the experience as something that happened and not as something that was as meaningful and like I feel like I don't always blame them because I think that's the way that they've been you know, taught to talk about it, at least normally, like, wow, that's so good that you're able to talk with your friends like that. I think that's super healthy. And that's what should be normalized for like women and men. But yeah, I definitely feel like I've had to have conversations with my guy friends about how to like, speak more respectfully about women and just like, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. I saw someone bring up the idea of quality and quality. I think, yeah, that I, I, Dude, it is a generalization, right? But a lot of people who, uh, they like to talk about the quantity that they have. How many times like a week, I guess, how many times at night, how long did it lasted? But I think that's 
in 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 everything, not just this, in just life in general, right? You always want to prioritize the quality over the quantity. And I think it's very important to have like for guys to sit and talk about like, oh, it's like share their experience and kind of talk about how we got there. And if how if you didn't get there, how can you what should you do to like to reach a certain quality that that you want? So like just for example, right? Like a friend of mine, like we were like we're we're talking yesterday and two guys and we're talking about like how it is you don't achieve you don't achieve quality by by doing it like seven or eight nine times a day that's not how you achieve like that's not how you achieve like quality and i think that's that's not something that many people people would prefer to say that they do seven eight nine times instead of like oh i had one really really good one and not good for me but good for her and I think that's something that we should look at it differently. And guys need to sit down and kind of really talk about like, just be vulnerable to each other and not just be there as like a masculinity show off. Um, just to add on a bit to what you said um, on the comment of quality over quantity, I recently saw this maybe TikTok trend or some kind of social media trend where it basically said, it doesn't count if you didn't orgasm. And so many women responded to that sentence and their reactions is so saddening because it really shows how many women have interacted sexually with a man and did not orgasm. But to that man, he would have counted that body count that would have increased the number for him. But it doesn't count unless you orgasm. So that's something that should also be looked at when you talk about sex because quantity is not enough like if you repeat it seven to eight times but the wrong way you're never going to learn but if you do it seven to eight times and you change your approach every time then you're getting there i think this is amazing that you brought up this point i think orgasm is something i would want to kind of like talk about next i think it's important like since we're talking on the topic of maximizing pleasure, one way to know that you are at that point is have you reached orgasm or not? I think one important thing um, personally is that knowing how to reach orgasm yourself is also important. Kind of like know how to make your body feel the way you want yourself to feel during sex is something that is essential when it comes to maximizing your time and maximizing your pleasure. And for that reason, I definitely encourage both girls and guys to masturbate before entering in um, sexual activities, because that's when you know where your body is at, kind of like knowing your, knowing your anatomy. Some people don't know their anatomy, their body as well as they should know. And kind of like knowing where your body, where you are, you are sensitive, where you feel good. I think that's very important. Um, another on, on this topic of like masturbation, something that I, I didn't realize is the help of technology. So girls out there, you do need to know that there is something called a vibrator that is very good for this purpose of activity and um, you should definitely look into it invest in one it really helps you to reach that stage where you want to get um, and also 
why not use help from technology during sex? Something that my partner and I would talk about is the use of vibrator during sex. He said, well, if this piece of device can help you to be happier than what I can do, then why not use it? Um, and I think that's something that is also very empowerful. So yeah, that's just my take on it. Definitely don't shy away from masturbation. Definitely look into it. But then again, actually, I want to ask this, this question to everyone. What do you feel about masturbation, like especially for girls? I feel like masturbation is such, it's a very new topic, a new concept to talk about um, for guys and for girls mainly. What, what do you guys feel? I, I honestly, for a long time, I think until the end of high school, I didn't know it was something that other people did a lot. Like I was like, I don't know. I, I can't believe I didn't know that. That sounds super naive. Like when I think about it now, but like at the end, like my senior year, me and my like best friends were talking about it. And I was like, oh shit, like we're all the same. Like we all masturbate. Like I had no idea. And I also think like, I also didn't, I also was like scared of like vibrators and stuff because I was like, oh, these seem like things for adults like I don't know like they seem like super inaccessible but then now seeing so many of my friends um getting them I feel like it is something that is like a move everyone should get one I think personally um masturbation or even the topic of it was very important for me to engage in sex because as a woman the idea of an orgasm is very elusive like it's very difficult to define what an orgasm is. Also because like scientifically, like biology wise, women have, I think four or five different kinds of orgasms and they differ from duration and feeling of how concentrated it is in your body. So for me, the important part of masturbating was just to say, yes, I can orgasm. This is what it is like. And this is where the pleasure is coming from. And once I reassured myself that I am capable of having this orgasm, it made me feel more open to engage in sex compared to like the scary myth out there that like women cannot orgasm during sex or the orgasm, like women's orgasms aren't prioritized during sex. So I think I really equipped myself with the knowledge that yes, I can through masturbation, that eventually once I entered and started like having sex, I knew that it was possible and whether it happened or not would be depending on me and the partner's interaction, but it wouldn't be my fault that I couldn't because that's the fear that I kind of had when I first started having sex that, oh, that it's my fault that I can't orgasm, it's not theirs. I actually feel like a lot of I've heard this from a lot of people like they think that it's on them that they can't orgasm they're like oh it just doesn't happen for me as much I'm like no like you need to look at your partner and then think about it that way like it's not your fault and I feel like a lot of people internalize that and they think they're just bad at sex but I don't think that's the reality of it oh yeah just to add in the different kinds of orgasms that women have I think I can list a few. Um, first, there is the clitoral orgasm, which is stimulation on the clitoris. There is the vaginal um, orgasm, which is from the G-spot internally. There's a combination orgasm, which involves stimulating both inside, so on the G-spot and externally. So you would say that the, the combination orgasm is more intense and longer lasting because it uses 
both sides and engages more nerve endings. So that experience of that orgasm might feel different from let's say like a clitoral orgasm that you could get with like a vibrator or something. Then I think the fourth one comes from, it's a kind of orgasm that you can get from working out. Apparently I have not experienced that, but it is a kind of orgasm. And there is also a fifth one that I forgot, but um. Something I like to share is that I got this piece of knowledge from the sexologist that I follow on YouTube that women have many spots inside the vaginal canal that are stimulants. So the G spot is not the only spot. There's also an A spot and a C spot. So the G spot is like more in the middle. So like the spot with the ridges, that's like people know it the most. There's also the A spot, which is right like on top behind the cervix so not on the cervix but there's an area right behind it and that area can also be very stimulant because right near the cervix there's many nerve endings and blood flow there so that's also another space that you can encourage orgasm for women and there's also a spot right near the entrance like inside that is also stimulant so by doing research on more of those nerve concentrated areas you can find different ways to engage orgasm in yourself or in your partner because the clit and the g-spot is not the only one there's definitely more out there you just got to do the research experiment and then you will see i learned so much today i think i learned so much today that i've learned the entire year oh my god thank you so much definitely vivi if you can link this youtuber um, for us, we'll definitely share this YouTuber to our audience. And I think it's going to be great, great knowledge for everyone. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Vivi. I will definitely include Shannon Boudram's YouTube channel in the show notes. And I also included it last week as well. So you can check it out there. But I think the last thing I want to talk about with you guys before we wrap up is just what do you think the distinctions are between, you know, having sex in real life versus what, how it is portrayed in movie and media i think it's important to know that sex in real life does not look like movies yeah i was gonna say the normalized communication point yeah like sex in normal life is not as romanticized as in movies but it should not be as objectified as it in porn so like it's not as gross as it is in porn but it's not as like beautiful and smooth sailing as it is in movies and i think people should know that that it is a very funny experience it's like to me it was a funny experience it was kind of like two people figuring out what to do with limbs everywhere it's like arms and legs and it's just body and it's kind of like trying to like navigate what to do it's a memorable experience for two for two people in my personal experience I have this like really far away memory of watching Gossip Girl and like Dan and Serena are like trying to have sex for the first time and literally they lay out like candles everywhere on the ground and they're like on the ground like thinking about this in real life like this is a fire hazard it's not gonna work (laughs) like that seemed dangerous don't do that um I would say that my first experience of sex and my imagination of it was probably very different because I initially engaged in more casual sex so the way they portray casual sex in media or specifically in porn is very misleading that actually when I heard um 
a story from my friend of her experience of her having sex with her partner, just telling about how one of them had farted in the middle of having sex and then they ended up laughing in the middle of it and then continued. When I heard that story, I was normal, but on the inside, I was so surprised because back then I hadn't started having sex yet. But when I heard that story, I was so in awe that, oh my God, you can laugh in the middle of sex and still continue having sex. The way they show it in porn is you're in the mood, you're naked, you do it. There's no talking, there's no joking. It's just get it done and then get out, you know? So in just hearing that story itself, it just made me feel like, wow, sex doesn't, is not supposed to be serious and sexy. Like it is an interaction and it can be as good or as serious as you want, but it's also normal for one of you to fart in the middle of sex and laugh and then still want to keep having sex with that person. At least like that story really changed my perspective of what can or cannot be done in the middle of having sex. I think it makes sense. Most people have sex at night after dinner. And after dinner, you've been eating, you've been doing things, you've been drinking wine, like all these things add up. You might burp as well. I think like a burp in the middle of sex is very normal. Um, I heard people sneeze in the middle of sex. That's also normal. Uh, people kind of like, excuse me, let's take a break. Like, I need to take care of my business. That's also very normal. Like there's so many things that can happen in the middle of sex. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Thank you for sharing, Nancy. <laughs> so I believe this wraps up our podcast series on sex and sexual health. And thank you again so much to Kwa, Vivi, and Nancy, all of you, for being so candid throughout the series and you know sharing so much knowledge and advice with everyone. For everyone listening, I hope that you feel more comfortable seeking out information on sex and that you're inspired to have open and safe conversations with the important people in your life. Next week, we'll be inviting some Why Not team members as well as some Southeast Asian youth onto our podcast to discuss body image, social media, and influencer culture. I hope you stick around to listen, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye!